From Square Two, this is What's Wrong With Revenue. I'm Mike Lieberman, CEO at Square Two, and along with my longtime friend and business partner, Eric Kalis, this show answers the question many CEOs, CMOs, CROs, and business owners are asking, what's wrong with revenue? New shows drop every Thursday morning. You can find the video version of the show on YouTube at the Square Two Marketing Channel, on our website at the What's Wrong With Revenue page located in the footer, or on our free streaming service, Square2 Plus, both located at square2marketing.com. You can subscribe to the show or subscribe to Square2 Plus and we'll email you new show content as soon as it's published. You can also submit questions to the show on the What's Wrong With Revenue page of our website. Eric and I answer questions every single episode. You can also find the podcast version of the show on all your favorite podcast platforms. Enjoy the show. Hey, everybody. I'm Mike Lieberman. Welcome to What's Wrong with Revenue. Today, we're going to be season two, episode nine, and we're going to be talking about why you might need a coach. And since this season really focuses on a revenue generation system and the concept around that, sometimes people need a little extra help. And the idea of a coach might just check the box there. Eric, how you doing? I'm doing well, thank you. I see you got dressed up for the show today. Only the best for our audience. Do you have plans after the show that require you to wear a button-down shirt? No, but I had my pickleball shirt on, and I felt that it was uh, respectful uh-huh. to be recording today. But maybe you had fancy lunch plans at some place uh, that required you to get dressed up. No, no, no plans. Just, uh, I guess I'll wear the shirt out to dinner tonight, too. Uh-huh. Cool. Uh, let's get started. So uh, everybody knows the show is available on YouTube at the Square Two Marketing Channel. Uh, all of the What's Wrong with Revenue episodes are there. You can like it. You can subscribe to it. You can leave us comments. Please do all three. We really appreciate it. You can also check out the show on the What's Wrong with Revenue page on the Square Two website. There's a link at the bottom of our uh, site in the footer. Click on it. You can subscribe to the show. We will email you uh, ideas for upcoming shows. We will also send the show right to your inbox on Thursday mornings. And you can also submit questions. Eric and I are going to catch up on questions on today's show. We have a number of questions we'll talk uh, through at the end of the show. So if you have questions, submit submit them on that page and we will take care of them. You can also check out the show on the Square 2 Plus page, our free streaming service. Uh, also located at the Square2 Marketing website, square2marketing.com backslash square2plus. All of our audio and video content is hosted there, just like Netflix. We have channels for CEOs, CROs, CMOs. We have a HubSpot channel. All of our podcasts and all of our content have their own channels. So you can go check out audio and video content there. And if you're into podcasts, which I know a lot of people are, you can get the show on all your favorite podcast platforms, iTunes, Stitcher, Apple, Podbean. Uh, go check them out there. And you can subscribe to the audio version of our show. So today's show, you know, we've been talking about this concept of a system for the past couple of weeks. We've covered all the elements of what should be in a revenue generation system. And there's this one or two other kind of ancillary concepts that we wanted to talk a little bit about. And today we're going to talk about a coach uh, and how it helps. Look, learning anything new often requires working with an expert. Just think about the last time you tried to uh, get better at golf or get better at cooking or get better at pickleball like uh, Eric and I are into. Like generally, what do you do? You you take lessons from a pro. There are a lot of parallels to learning how to put a revenue generation system into your company as there are to learning a new sport or learning a new skill or, or learning how to get better at your chosen hobby. Uh, you know, you can learn these systems on your own. There's lots of tools that help you learn them, learn things on your own. Obviously, you can watch a lot of videos on YouTube like people like to do. But sometimes if you want to see results faster, sometimes if you want to get better, if you want to make your journey a little bit easier, then the best thing to do is just reach out to an outside expert or a coach and let them kind of fast track your journey, help you avoid potholes, help you find some um uh, secret skip aheads. Like there's lots of ways that a coach can help you kind of learn uh, a system like this better. On today's show, I want to cover a couple of things. What role does a revenue generation system coach play in helping your team learn the system? How an RGS coach works with you and your team? What are the differences between self-implementing the system like this and working with a coach? 
What experience, skills, and backgrounds does an RGS coach bring to the process? Like, what would they be supplementing your efforts to put this into your business? And what impact can a coach have when it comes to results? So we're going to cover pretty much all aspects of working with a coach. And then, like I said, at the kickoff of the show, we're going to do some questions at the end. And we'll have everybody back to their day. Really appreciate everybody participating in the show with us. So, you know, Eric, you've been doing some of this uh, coaching with uh, clients over the past couple of months. And, you know, Square Two has been providing this system to clients for a very long time. So I'll let you open the conversation with some of your comments around how a coach can facilitate the installation and and execution of a system like this. And uh, then we'll go into some of the topics we identified at the top of the show. Yeah, I thought as you know, the opening remarks today, I would use our company as an example, because we have been a fan of strategic planning forever. And in the very beginning, we were attracted to the book, uh, Mastering the Rockefeller Habits, which was written by Vern Harnish, who was the founder of EO, the Entrepreneur's Organization. And it takes you through like, what's your BHAG, your big, hairy, audacious goal? And what do we need to do three years and one year in this quarter to get there? And we really enjoyed it. We initially had a coach that set it all up for us. And I think the value of having a coach for the setup is great. Shows your best practices, kind of guides you along step-by-step, teaches you along the way, and the setup is a much easier. And then you start to get into it. So after a couple of years of working with our coach, we incorrectly said, well, we're feeling pretty comfortable. We got the rhythms down. We know what to do. Let's do this on our own and save money. I would say in less than 12 months, the whole rhythm and structure that we put together fell apart. And that was sad because we work so hard as a team, but when you don't have a coach, ah, let's postpone the meeting. Ah, let's, uh, we don't have to do this exactly the way it's supposed to be done. You know, we never really did this module uh, effectively. Let's just cut it out of our system. And before you know it, you're working on either a completely different system or no system at all, which is a shame because it eroded after the good work you did originally. So the coach basically is an accountability coach in this scenario, right? There, You're not going to let your coach down. You're not going to miss your physical therapy session. You're not going to miss your regular therapy session because your coach or therapist is waiting for you, right? And you, 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 you show up. But also, I think that, you know, it eliminates cutting corners. The coach will stop you from eliminating or um, shortening some of the things that are going on because they all have a purpose to the system. And and I'm not just talking about strategic planning systems, anything you do, right? Oh, I don't have any baking powder, so I'll just use flour instead. And the next thing you know, you have a a pretty awful cake. You got to follow the system if you want it to come out correctly. And the coach helps you do that. Now, one quick sidebar is that the coach comes with a lot of experience that they can share with the company. And I remember one great story. We really, really, really believe in our team. And our team is the secret to success. In fact, at Square Two, sometimes we're more concerned with team happiness than we are with client happiness. Because if the team is happy, then they make the clients happy. And it's very uh, relational. So we kept talking about this. And our coach said to us early in our career at Square Two, which, by the way, we turned 20 as a company this this month. He said, um, hey, you guys are blowing a lot of hot air about being dedicated to your team. But yet you have not allocated the funds or resources to bring on a HR manager. And we said, oh, but uh, that'll be expensive. And, you know, we're too small of a company and blah, blah, blah. And the coach said to me something I'll never forget. He said, you want to be a $10 million company, but you're acting like a $1 million company. Um, get the HR person. It'll be an investment in the team that you want to create to take you to $10 million. And that one comment was like a two by four hitting me on the side of the head. Like, wow, that coach is right. Like I wasn't thinking that way. We hired our first HR person, which wasn't our last HR person. But since that time, we've had a steady investment in our people in the form of an HR manager, even though we're only a 40, 50 person firm. Uh, Some might say that that's too small, but for us, that person is indispensable. And it all came from experience sharing from our coach many years ago. So once again, accountability and experience sharing and best practices are two big things you get out of having a coach. Yeah, well, I want to... Dig in a couple comments you made because I'm 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 kind of curious. So, um, 
you know, there's you're 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 playing with a couple different metaphors, right? Like like let's just use like the sports analogy, right? Almost most of the sports people who are really dedicated to their craft have coaches, right? Even if we just stick with golfers, right? They all have a coach that they work with in between tournaments who helps them uh, continue to get better. And they would probably never, ever, ever consider not having a coach, right? Um, We, you know, it's interesting to me, we had a coach, they taught us the system, they stuck around, they helped us run the system. And then we decided we were good, right? And you, you told the story about how eventually it kind of like, you know, we got sloppy, it eroded, and, you know, then we didn't even recognize what we were doing. Like, don't you feel that if the, and I'm not in any way criticizing the coach, I'm just asking more about coaching in general. Shouldn't the coach make it stick? Should, shouldn't the coach be kind of responsible for um, having us continue to do those things that they they taught us? I mean, I know ultimately it's on us, but I feel like a good coach would stay with their their client until the 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 new skills that they taught them were you know commonplace is that the wrong expectation no i think it's human nature actually right so i will uh, give a shout out to one of my favorite nfl coaches andy reed coach the philadelphia eagles for 14 seasons no nine yeah whatever somewhere yeah, whatever. between nine yeah. and 14 right? seasons yeah and he was the best and the t- city loved him but he didn't win a Super Bowl. And as management, they're like looking for results. And they said, Andy, we love you, but we got to move on. There's a coach who brought his hard work, unique approach, uh, methodology, skill sets, and couldn't get it done. So I think it's a human nature to be like, maybe a little fidgety, maybe a little impatient, maybe a little bit frustrated. Oh, let's try something different. And I remember actually, when we um, uh, separated from our initial strategic coach, we were killing it. And our conversation was, we're doing great. What do we need a coach for? What do we need to spend this money? Just keep doing it. Which, you know, when you look backwards, is completely short-sighted and incorrect. But I think it's human nature, just impatience or distractions or whatever. The coach, you're right. The coach should bring value so that it's obvious that you have to keep working with the coach. But Andy Reid kept winning season after season after season, but couldn't get the big one. And after a while, frustration, impatience, whatever you want to call it, made it that the Eagle uh, organization had to make a change. Nothing against Andy Reid. He went on down to win two Super Bowls somewhere else. So it wasn't him as a coach. It was just the timing or the fit at that time. And I think that that's pretty typical. And it's not just about strategic planning, coaching, you know, revenue generation. It's everything. Uh, Our salesperson can't get to the next revenue plateau. Get rid of that person and get a new one. But meanwhile, maybe it's a function of the economy or the offering or uh, delivery isn't good. So they're not getting good referrals. Like there's so many other factors that weigh in. I think most of it just comes down to human emotion. Yeah. I mean, what would you suggest to someone um, going into a a situation like this? Expect to be with your coach for or a, a coach forever, like the golf analogy we talked about, or expect to be with the coach long enough to have a honest conversation with the coach about whether you need ongoing coaching or not. Yeah. I mean, I think it's a lot of decision-making in business is open-ended and it really shouldn't be right. It should be, Hey, we're going to commit to a coach for two years. And after two years, we're going to have a no go go conversation with ourselves and the coach. If it's still a fit, we'll sign up for another two years. If it's not, at least we said, we got to give it a a good two year run to see if it, it works. Um, So, you know, that's kind of, you know, the decision making that all businesses should make. You know, I remember when I owned the uh, bar Silence Do Goods, Mike, back in the day, and we were just breaking even. And I said, you know what, I'm going to give this another year. And I said, if we can't turn 10% net profitability in the next 12 months, I'm selling the bar. And what happened was we had a new menu. We got a new manager. We we renovated the place. We did everything we possibly could. And when 1231, whatever year it was, came and we did not have 10%, the decision was easy for me because I had already agreed what the go, no-go criteria were in the beginning. I don't think enough businesses will set that, be patient during that period while it's getting to that point, and then honestly assess using data. So, you know, that's kind of that. And, you know, look, we've had marketing consulting clients that signed up and then decided to terminate the agreement 30 days later without even getting into the meat of the agreement. Why? I don't know. People are crazy. Yeah. I think it's also, um, 
you know, I, I, I often, I have, a, as you know, I have a lot of metaphors, right? One of my favorites is, is like the doctor and the, and the physical trainer specifically, um, and not the doctor, it, the weight loss journey and the personal trainer specifically, because those are directly related to this, right? The, the, the entire weight loss industry is built on the premise that people will start and stop and slip and then need to start again, right? If, 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 if the weight loss industry was really good at what it did, you would lose weight and you would never need another weight loss product again, right? But that would be no industry because once people lost weight, they would need no, no additional services, no additional products. So they're banking on the fact that you're going to lose weight, you're going to gain it back, and you're going to need to go on another diet, right? So it's similar to that. Like very few people uh, lose weight and keep it off. That's, that's a fact. And it's the same thing here. You either have to really commit to the process that you're going to learn and never deviate from it, change change your business lifestyle. And the coach may be part of that, like it is for the golfers, or the coach may just get you going, and then you're committed to doing it um, forever. As opposed to what we did in your example was, yeah, we learned the system, we started practicing, and then we kind of slipped out of all those good habits and went back to all our bad habits and you know, kind of had to start again at some point with a new coach and, and a new system. So, you know, there's a lot of human nature here at play as business owners and CEOs and leaders, you, you should consider understanding when you go into it, the coach should be with you forever, or you should be so committed to the system that to Eric's point in two years, it's ingrained in your business. And you're saying to the coach, like, yes, we are never deviating from the process you taught us we're we're good to go and we'll stay in touch maybe you can come back in and you know help us with a few things from time to time but you you taught us we're good to go it's a it's now part of our business and um we got exactly what we wanted out of it that seems like the two outcomes that you should be working towards if you're going to consider any kind of system and any kind of coach that's a good point i always think about accountants right accountants have this secret uh, weapon and that's that they have to do your taxes, which nobody knows how to do. But think about it. We're not making profit. We, uh, you know, our, our, our line of credit didn't get approved. Like, come on, accountant person. Well, we can't get rid of them because they got to do our taxes every year. Other than that, all other consultants have to understand that that human nature, you know, a new client, old client, fired, uh, hired, uh, you know, it's a big mishmash. Uh, you know, you're right. Theoretically, the entire world should be thin and every single business should have a suite of coaches helping them in the right areas forever. But it just doesn't right. work that way. Right. And that's probably the difference between like the the top echelon athlete like Tiger Woods, who would never not have a coach. And the medium echelon player who is good, but not nearly as good as Tiger Woods, right? I'm, or I'm guessing... uh, the, the cheapest coach. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Or maybe they say like, look, I'm good now. I'm, I'm going to play on my own for a couple months, right? And they don't really get the same kind of results that the guys that really invest in their own performance get because of, of who they're working with. Agreed. Um, maybe you could talk, look, this is new for a lot of people. Not only is the system new, but the idea of a coach might be new. Maybe you could talk in some degree of detail about the role an uh, RGS coach plays in helping a company learn the system. Because that's a specific, you know, deliverable associated with a program like this. Yeah, the RGS coach is there. And and and, and typically it's square two. Once again, this is not a pitch. It's just describing what kind of coaches you should be looking for. When you're looking at the square two RGS's, RGS coaches, they're helping the clients in two very specific areas. One is strategy, because most companies don't have a killer strategy. And the two is implementing the actual RGS rhythms and meetings and things that go with making progress towards uh, attaining your revenue uh, targets. In the first scenario, the typical RGS coach is going to be a seasoned VP of marketing, CMO, CRO type person who just prefers to work with a variety of clients than work in-house with one. And the beautiful thing there is they're stepping you through all the things you need as a foundation strategically to uh, attract and convert and get revenue out of the right uh, people. 
They're helping you with who you want to target and what pains and problems they have and understanding how your company solves those and pushes you to be a bit differentiated in how you solve those problems so that you do stand out from the competition. And all of that summation is, you know, a, a big story that now you can go to market that'll really beat the pants off the competition. Then that seasoned person has experience with things like foundational things, why your website needs to be enhanced and why you need other things like content and nurturing and all those things that make for a good, solid tactical program. Then they can give you, um, uh, you know, cut the learning curve on how to create the best campaigns, inbound, outbound, ABM, demand generation, referral marketing, email. Those are all different campaign choices you have to make and your coach can walk you through because they've done it so many times before. And then finally, there's a technology conversation, right? Like the coach helps you identify the right technology, maybe at HubSpot or something like that for your marketing automation. And that tool we talked about a few episodes called 90.io um, that puts structure to your weekly revenue team meetings, right? And, and captures all that information and the to-dos and the goals and objectives and stuff like that. So the coach brings with you all of this experience sharing that they could drop on your lap, which as the end result gets you set up and running faster and correctly. And that's why that RGS coach um, is a integral role. Now, when it comes to the other part, they've run uh, hundreds of these weekly revenue team meetings and they'll be able to coach, facilitate and teach the best way to do that. They'll stop you when you're making mistakes. They'll uh, course correct you when you get a little tangential to the main topic that you're supposed to be talking about or solving. Now, that coach is really seasoned. Like they're the only folks we hire are the ones that have helped many, many, many clients over the course of the years. So they can provide this kind of experience, Sherry, to help you with both strategy and setting up the RGS system. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, I also want to talk a little, because this is common in, in these kinds of, of approaches. You know, there are some people who want to implement it on their own, and then there are some people that want to work with a coach. So maybe you could talk a little bit about like the difference between trying to self-implement a system like this versus uh, working with a coach. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with self-implementing, right? The vast majority of people uh, on, let's say, the EOS platform, Entrepreneurial Operating System, the vast majority self-implement. But are they using all the modules? Are they doing it the right way? You know, that's TBD. Look, there's tons of videos online you could watch and uh, ask me anything sessions you can sit in on, but it's not quite as powerful as having a coach do it with you. So um, lots of people can self-implement. I would think that if you really want to go down the road of self-implementation, you need an internal seasoned person who's done this before, CMO, CRO type person, who then can bring that structure, but also the experience sharing that they've had in other positions or companies they've worked with. And that's a little bit hard to find because if you have a crack CRO, you might not need to have a RGS system because you're doing it another way and still getting really great results. Uh, one quick note, Mike. A lot of people think that an RGS coach is a fractional chief revenue officer or a fractional CMO. The difference is, is that a RGS coach is the teacher, facilitator, and coach, not a consultant who's doing work for you. Because the whole concept of an RGS program is to teach a company to fish, not fish for them. And that, from a long-term perspective, is able to be breathed into the standard operating procedure of a company because the coach is saying, well, why don't you try it, Mike? Or why don't you take a look at this and get back to me with questions as opposed to, ah, oh, forget about it. I'll just do that for you and send you a Word document. And that's a big difference between coach and consultant. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. One we ought to maybe talk about just a little bit in a little more detail because it, it is confusing to business owners when it comes to resources like this, because you can't hire consultants to do the work for you. And that in some cases, that might be a perfectly good uh, addition to your current team. You don't need someone full time, but you need someone for a short amount of time or to do a particular project. So you bring in a consultant. Um, you know, the, the coach, if you want to think back to your youth athletic days, you know, you played baseball, soccer, basketball, whatever you did when you were a kid. And the coach was there to tell you what to do and, and help you practice the kinds of drills uh, you need to get better. But when it came to the game, they didn't hit the ball. They didn't catch the ball. They didn't throw the ball. They simply uh, instructed you on how to do it and how to do it better. So you learned the game and you, you, you practice the, the, 
the rinse and repeat that you needed to get better at the specific things you were trying to do. I think that's the role a coach plays in this system that we're talking about is they're going to be there to guide you on what to do. They're going to be there to be share, as Eric said, share their experiences so you can do it better, you know, show you the skills that you need to do what needs to get done. But when it comes to doing it, it's, it's really going to be up to you to press the buttons and write the, you know, write the copy and, you know, design the programs in a way that, that fit the structure that you were taught or, or guided around or advised in by your coach. So I think that's, you know, you have to be comfortable with the role and what they're going to do and what they're not going to do and make sure that that's what your company needs as opposed to, and again, like a, there's no judgment here. Sometimes a consultant is the perfect resource. Hey, I need you to do this work for me. I need it done in a couple of weeks and, you know, great. But, uh, you know, and you might get a little education out of that, but it's more about them completing a project or doing something that your team is not capable of doing to supplement your skill set. The coach is more about guiding you and, and showing you what to do so you can do it yourself. Yeah, I mean, I'd love to continue going down the Little League uh, kind of conversation or comparison because think about it. The coach might say, hey, little Mike, here are some videos you want to watch after practice that might give you some ideas and, you know, check out your stance or whatever. So an RGS coach is always giving you content like, oh, here's a great article on this. You might want to read this. It'll give you some insight into whatever. So that's number one. Number two is, uh, hey, little Mike, you just can't hit the curveball. Hey, Mike's parents, here's the name of a hitting instructor that you might want to go to for some additional work. The same way the RGS coach would be like, hey, guys, you're not qualified to do your own SEO strategy and implementation. I have a contractor that I could introduce you to that could help you uh, accomplish that. So they're also kind of your like traffic coordinator in the sense that they're finding opportunities to help you, whether it be content or outside resources. And they're already previously vetted and the content obviously is, is quality content. And that's another reason that you don't have to go out and figure it all out yourself. Yeah, that's a really great analogy. And that actually works. Uh on uh, time to results also, right? So, you know, back to the hitting coach, you know, if, 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 if it's my kid and I'm going to be patient with them, then, then the coach's guidance for, for my, my, my son might be great, right? Like, you know, like I'm not in a hurry to make them an all-star hitter, right? If I am in a hurry, I might supplement what the coach is doing by bringing in an outside hitting coach to get, to get him to be a better hitter faster. And, I think that's another lever here in terms of the coach and the and and how you apply resources. You know, for some companies, time is not an issue. They can, you know, they they're interested in learning the system and they're interested in leaning into their own resources. And we're going to get smarter and we're going to get better, and that's going to take time, and that's great. In other situations with businesses, they have specific things that they needed accomplished and they need needed accomplished quickly. And in that case. The coach can still provide oversight and guidance, but they might need some extra resources to do some of the work to move the ball forward in, in, in a faster way. So again, there's a lot of variables that go into deciding, you know, whether a coach is enough for you, whether you need additional uh, resources, where you whether you need different resources, and how the system fits into your business. So, um, you know, we could do the same thing with the personal trainer, right? You go to the gym on your own, you work out, you're going to see some results. You go to the gym and you have a personal trainer working you out three times a week, you're going to get better results faster. So it's the same kind of thing here is whether you uh, want to self-implement and you're comfortable with the pace or you need a coach that's going to get you where you need to go faster. Um, speaking of which, and then uh, we'll dig into some questions here because we have a lot of them and I want to catch up. Um, wondering if you could talk a little bit about, we, we and this is a good segue into what we were just talking about. Um, the results that someone could expect with a coach versus the results that someone might expect without a coach. And, you know, maybe it's kind of like with a system and without a system, with a system and a coach, without a system and a coach. Like maybe you could kind of talk through some, because everyone asks us, right? When am I going to see results? How long is this going to take? Like it's such a, such a front and center question. We might as well just talk about it as it relates to a system and a coach and, and get that out of the way. Yeah. So the the the, co the when it comes to results the coach is the perfect example of slow down to go fast and what i mean by that is that nobody is reaching out to a marketing agency contractor or internal per or hiring an internal person 
unless they're not satisfied with the results that they're already getting. So let's talk about it. If you're kicking ass and uh, doubling your business every year, you could turn this uh, broadcast off right now, right? But for those folks that are wondering what's wrong with revenue, the name of our show, there's obviously some challenge there, right? So when it comes to results, the coach gets them uh, to you much quicker. And when I say slow down to go fast, I'll give you an actual example. Have a client and they are absolutely hardworking, but they are uh, just doing a lot of random acts of marketing. Nothing is tied together in a strategy. So the owner of the company uh, sends me an email and says, look, we're really appreciating all the work we're doing on strategy, but I got to close some deals this month. Can you focus on that? So I said, absolutely. But here's the challenge. In order to close deals more effectively and more quickly, you basically need two good things, a wonderful sales experience and a differentiated story that'll make people go, oh, these are the obvious choice of, of uh, businesses to work with. So I said, while I would love to bear down and do some really quick fixes to your sales effort, if you really want to accelerate sales, be patient until we finish the strategy and uh, please be patient until we've gone through the sales process so that we can make the enhancements necessary and remarkable. And the response was, thank you, because everybody's rushing to the, you know, uh, uh, bake the cake, but nobody wants to make the new recipe. And that's a challenge because if we would have stopped what we were doing and looked at the sales process and said, oh, well, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll add a video here. Well, what's that video going to say, right? Or if we rushed it and we were like, uh, yeah, we have a new piece of content, but where does it go in the journey? And is this differentiated of what they're hearing from the other folks, right? So by simply working on strategic things first and then breathing them into the system, by definition, the coach will help you get better results. But I think that if you're interviewing a coach, you want a coach that's going to be able to be strong enough to push back when you're desperate or things are urgent and stay the course. Because the revenue generation system is by definition a system that has to be implemented, um, uh, fine-tuned, and then leaned into. And if you rush it or bypass it. Now, from a self-implementation point of view, you would then automatically be able to jump to some tactical things without working on the strategy because there's no one there to stop you or at least give you different perspective on why you should think differently about that. So that's where the coach directly impacts results. Yeah, I, I think there's uh, there's one other, there's one additional element to this, which you mentioned earlier in passing. You know, so many companies come to us and it seems uh, like an emergency, right? Yes. Me, like we had one this week that we actually had to decline because it was not a good fit for us. The website had to be live by April 1st, right? And we were like, look, you're not, we're, we're not going to be able to do what you want done in a quality way in this amount of time. Plus, who knows when they would have even like signed to get started. Like, it's just not going to work. But Wait, for context to the listeners, Mike, that's 30 days from today's episode. Oh yeah, good point. Right, <laughs> good point. Right, um, and, and it was interesting because in conversation, like he knew months ago he needed a new website, and you know that's what happens lots of times is is wait, 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 wait. Now we need to go fast. And the reason I'm bringing this up is because I'm encouraging people who are watching or listening to the show that you, you know you got to start something. This is a great program, but you have to start it before you need it. You know, Eric even said a second ago, like, if you're closing deals left and right, like, you don't need this. Well, maybe that's true. But if you have any inclination that that pace might slow down or something might change in your industry or there's a, the competitors are doing something different, don't wait until you need a system like this. Don't wait until you need a coach. You know, start working with someone before it's an emergency. You're going to make a lot of bad decisions if you're making them based on uh, uh, things that are happening today. A lot about business is getting out ahead of what's going to happen. And this is something that can really set you up for success in the future. Um, and, and then to Eric's point, you can go slow and you can take a methodical, thoughtful approach to what you're trying to do here. Put all the pieces in place before it's desperation mode. 
and prevent you from even being in that situation. So, you know, I think lots of times business owners are more reactive uh, and than proactive. And I think this is an opportunity for a lot of companies to start thinking about getting ahead of it. Like, and we talk about this related to RGS all the time. Like you have so many systems in your business for so many things, but revenue is not one of them. Like if you have a system for hiring, you have a system for bringing new people on board. You have a system for getting paid. You have a system for managing finance. You have a system for purchasing things. You really need a system for generating revenue also. Like who, who, would look at themselves in the mirror and say like, no, we don't need a system for that. Like it, it, it's silly. Like when, even when you think about it, so, you know, I'm going to encourage everybody now to at least think long and hard about whether this is good. How could this not help you in, in one way or another? And don't wait for it to be last minute. You're, you're not going to get good advice. You're not going to get a good partner. You're not going to get good results from anything that you're rushing to get done in a short amount of time. When we rush, we make mistakes because we're rushing and we're not getting to put the kind of time into it that we need to put into to, to do good work. Like everything really falls apart when you're in a big hurry at the last minute to fix something. So I'm, I'm encouraging everybody to try to get ahead of that. Agreed. All right, let's answer some questions. We've got a lot of questions. We haven't been able to get to questions over the past couple of shows. So uh, we have some good ones here. So Eric, this is from Patrick in Dallas. My business is unique. Never heard that before, right? Nope. How is a generic system like this going to help us with our specific challenges and issues? So how would you answer Patrick's question? Yeah, I mean, you know, look at an accounting system, right? Every business is different, but accounting is kind of the same, right? We got money coming in, we got money coming out, we got to keep track of the inventory, got to keep the cash, got to, uh, you know, uh, uh, banking relations. It's, it's all pretty much the same. The money that's running through the accounting system comes from a variety of revenue activities, right? What are you selling? B2C, B2B, who cares, right? You have an accounting system. It's the same thing with the revenue generation system. It doesn't matter what kind of business you have. You have to get a structure to how you're going to attack the issues necessary in order to drive revenue. So, I mean, on the RGS system now, you have a wide variety of clients that are utilizing it all with exactly the same scenario. I have a list of 20 things or I have a list of 20 obstacles that are in my way in order to really drive sales. How the heck do I break them open? Well, put them into the RGS system and you can pick away at them one by one, solve them, move forward, quarterly objectives, weekly to-dos, all the things we talked about in those earlier episodes. But having an RGS system literally has nothing to do with what you do for a living. It's just the backbone or the framework by which you talk about how can I generate more revenue for my company? Yeah, and and just to elaborate a little bit more, you know, the motions to generate revenue are also not unique to anybody's business, right? You need people who are interested in your business to learn about your business enough and, and feel comfortable enough with your business to want to talk to you about their specific needs and then you need to ensure them that you can satisfy those needs at a fair price and get them to sign your paperwork and then take care of them, right? In, in a way in which they are thrilled to talk to as many people as possible about how you help them, right? Yes. That little that little like series of steps has nothing to do with whether you're selling cookie products, whether you're selling large manufacturing equipment, whether you're selling sneakers, whether you're selling... Uh, accounting services, like it really doesn't make any difference. So, you know, Patrick, I, you know, I, we, we've been uh, big supporters of this people to people approach to, to marketing for a long time. Like you're not really talking to a business anymore. You're talking about to an individual and you have to connect with that individual on their uh, individual level with their particular issues and tell them something interesting. And like everything I just said, in order to get them to want to do business with you, it really doesn't make any difference. What the revenue generation system does is ensures that all of those steps are covered and that you're organizing all the people who are working on all of those things so that they're doing it in a really tight, integrated, orchestrated way. And you're using the tools and techniques that you need to do today to execute those conversations. So uh, I don't I don't want to sound flippant, although it might come off like that that it really doesn't matter what business you're in. It really doesn't matter whether you're B2B or B2C or B2G or whatever you do, you still have to go through the same steps. You still have to organize your resources. You still have to you know, track results. Like 
it's so many just standard things that need to be done over and over and over again to make the system work. So um, I know everybody thinks their business is unique. Eric and I often laugh about a story from a business from many, many years ago that was in Delaware. And they were like, well, we're in Delaware. You don't understand Delaware businesses. We're like, okay, we, we don't understand businesses in Delaware. By the way, at the time we were located about 30 miles up the road in a different state. So it was a crazy comment, but you know, it, it, it really doesn't matter what you do. The, these, this is going to help you get organized around trying to grow your business, regardless yeah. of what. I mean, just as a sidebar, Mike, your strategy is going to be unique to your business. Your differentiators are going to be unique to your industry. Your target markets are going to be specific to your company. All that is customized, but the system by which you uncover those is the same for everybody. Right. Also, and this is something we talk to our clients regularly about, like, you know, we do have some verticals that we focus in, but we really work with a lot of businesses in a lot of different areas. And we say to them, like, look, you're an expert in your business. You need to be an expert in your business. I need to be an expert in marketing. I need to be an expert in sales. I need to be an expert in HubSpot. I need to be an expert in this RGS system and help you learn it. I don't really need to be an expert in your business. That's what you're for. So, you know, uh, you know, I, we, we've never uh, positioned ourselves as like industry specific experts because the companies we work with have that expertise. We, we're good at pulling that out of them. We're good at asking them thoughtful questions. We're good at organizing their thinking. We're good at getting them think, to think differently about their business, but they know their business way better than we do. And we don't really need to uh, uh, parallel that expertise in, in any way. We just need to harness it. Yeah, and also RGS is a collaboration between you, your team, and your coach. Yeah, good. All right, let's uh, move on. Walton Porton wants to know, I imagine thinking about using a system isn't right for every business. For example, we're 500 people. Is something like this going to work in a business of our size? The answer is yes. So your revenue team consists mostly of four basic groups, sales, marketing, client services, customer service, operations, whatever you call it at your business, and leadership. And those four groups are going to come together, whether you're five employees or 500. Now, I did have a question for a new client who has a kickoff meeting, like, well, should all of our 23 salespeople come to the meeting? We're like, no, you need the voice of the customer. That's what sales brings, right? Or the voice of the prospect, I should say. So if you have two or three seasoned salespeople, they could represent the sales team. Uh, if you have 20 marketing people, do the two or three that are most strategic. Leadership, the whole team doesn't have to be there, but someone who's the voice of the strategy, overall strategy of the business should be there. And obviously a customer service manager or someone who's on the front lines of uh, dealing with clients uh, after they close should be there so we can cross sell them and upsell. But uh, yeah, you don't need all 500 of your employees. You need the key people that will represent those areas. And even in the um, EOS system, which is obviously a close cousin of ours, there's a place for cascading messages. So when your team does determine something, you can cascade that message to all of your salespeople or all of your marketing people or all of your customer service people to let them know what the revenue team has decided and is working on. Yeah, I, I Walt, I'm going to answer it like slightly. I, I feel like this is more about like how the company's doing, like instead of how big it is, like there's plenty of big companies struggling to grow. There's plenty of big companies struggling to hit their revenue goals month over month. I think if that's a symptom of your business, then the system will help regardless of how big you are. Now, you know, we kind of laughed about this a little bit a second ago, but, you know, if you're hitting your monthly revenue goals every single month and you have been for the past three years, look, you probably don't need this system. You, you Whatever you're doing is working pretty well and I would continue to do it. But like I just said a few minutes ago, like, I would keep my eye on the horizon to see if that's really going to continue and not wait for it to be an emergency. But I think this question is more about psychographics than it is like demographics and size of your business. So yeah, it'll work with any size business. And if you're struggling, this is definitely going to help you organize around what you're trying to accomplish and get it done much more effectively. Well said. All right. Catherine in Miami wants to know, we just let our VP of marketing and two of our three marketing people go to save money. How would a system like the one you've been talking about help our situation? Well, it's a bit of a challenge, right? Because the revenue team, sorry, the revenue generation system is not meant to replace the revenue team. It's meant to support the revenue team. So you now have one person left in marketing. 
through the revenue generation system, we're going to come up with all sorts of to-dos and action items and quarterly objectives that the marketing team has to do. Well, if you only have one person to do all those things, you now have to decide, should we hire more effective people, better people in the right seats? Should I get some contractors in those positions or should I hire an agency to supplement that? So your investment in marketing people does not go down when you have an RGS. The RGS system augments it. For example, you don't buy QuickBooks and then fire your accounting manager with the software just, oh, they'll take care of collecting the money, right? You still need a person. But if you have QuickBooks, once again, as a platform to help you with your accounting program, it streamlines it and gives you data and all the good things that come from having a system. So um, I wouldn't say go back out and rehire those people. Uh, you might want to put the system in and then make that an issue. How do we then... Um, create a marketing function inside the revenue team that will get us enough leads that we need to, to hit our goal. But that could be a, a, a different methodology or strategy inside your company based upon the goals and objectives you set. So once again, this is not like, oh, I'm gonna fire all my people and then hire an RGS coach and everything will be great. The first thing the RGS coach is gonna be, well, who's on your revenue team? Nobody? Well, you don't need a revenue generation system, you need people. So right. I think that that's really important. Right. Good one. Okay. Um, we just talked about this a second ago, so let's do this one. Donna in Vermont wants to know, your system and even some of the vocabulary you used to describe, it sounds a lot like EOS. Can you talk to, uh, can you talk to how it's related to EOS? What was her name? Donna. Donna, as we said in past episodes, we are huge fans of EOS, the Entrepreneurial Operating System. We use it ourselves for a long time now. And the genesis of RGS, the revenue generation system, is looking at EOS and saying, man, this stuff really works, but there's no component to driving revenue. Let's see if we could um, make something that would feather into EOS or bolt onto EOS. And I'll give you some blunt uh, feedback. When we went to our EOS coach and we said to her, well, when you come to the marketing part of EOS, what do people write in as their differentiation or their go-to-market strategy? And she laughed a little and she said, well, they write things like we have the best people or we've been around the longest, which we all know is not a differentiator and your competition could say it also. So we were like, aha, if we were to create a revenue generation system that would plug that gap or that missing component in EOS, it would really help a lot of companies that are on EOS, which is why it's so similar. But you don't need to be on EOS to run a revenue generation system. It does parallel it, but it's not essential. Yeah, I think that, that that's a great explanation. I mean, we really kind of just um, uh, tried to apply the, the parts of EOS that work really well, like the, the management and the organization piece of it to only a single slice of what EOS tends to help companies with. So we kind of took the best of EOS and applied it in a narrow area, an area that a lot of people are struggling with. And, and that's why there are some similarities that might, you know, and, and by design would make people using EOS more comfortable, right? We run an L10 revenue team meeting, right? They're already running L10 meetings for their uh, leadership team in order to keep the company organized and, and, and running smoothly. So, you know, uh, uh, we, we IDS issues, right? Like there's no reason to create a whole nother system to process issues when there's already a good one out there, but our issues are revenue and sales and marketing related issues. They're not big company issues. Like, you know, should we hire this big, uh, a new CEO or should we move someone out of this seat and into the other seat? Like they're very specifically applied. So it, it you know, by design, there's going to be some similarities, but, um, uh, it focuses on a whole nother area that EOS, we felt EOS was a little light in, in attending to. All right, one more question, Eric, then we'll wrap up. You've been using this system for a while. What are the two major challenges that companies face when trying to install and use something like this? This is from Steven in Key West. Yep. Oh, Key West. Very cool. Um, one right off the bat is patience. It's going to take about 90 days to get the system set up, running, and have your team start to feel the rhythms of a revenue generation system. Uh, I can't tell you how many times uh, people are like, like, let's move faster, let's move faster, and trying to skip steps or not build a strong foundation to RGS. 
that's absolutely important. And like Mike said, you shouldn't have a sense of urgency when you go into RGS. You should be like, all right, I'm doing well. How do I do better? How do I really grow my company 20%, not 5% a year, right? So that's number one is patience. And I would think the other obstacle is legacy thinking and behavior. And what I mean by that is you have six salespeople. They've been with you for 10 years. They're doing it their way. Now, all of a sudden, somebody introduces a slightly different way to attack revenue. There's some reticence, maybe a little lack of buy-in. Um, also, uh, a good example would be one of the clients that I'm working with said, oh, well, we do a weekly email newsletter to everybody in our company. We've been doing it for years. So we're like, well, let's see some data on it. Nobody's opening it. Nobody's clicking through. Nobody's sharing it. I said, well, why do you have to keep doing this if the performance data is poor? And they said, well, we feel comfortable. We send out an email every week. It's like they're checking it off their to-do list. It feels good, right? So that legacy behavior and changing the way you do it would probably be the second biggest obstacle I would have, uh, I would, I, I see in these kinds of uh, 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 companies. Awesome, thanks a lot. All right, let's wrap up for the day. A really good session. I'm glad we got to some questions because we had a couple of these piling up. Um, thanks, every uh, Eric. Thanks a lot. Great session, everybody. Thanks for watching. And remember, you can check out the show on YouTube. The Square to Marketing channel hosts all of our What's Wrong With Revenue episodes from season one and season two. Like us, subscribe, leave us comments. We really appreciate it. You can also check out the show on the Square to website. We have a show page, What's Wrong With Revenue. At the bottom of our site, there's a link in the footer. Click on it. You can subscribe to the show. We will email you upcoming show. We will email you shows when they're live every Thursday. And we will also... Um, allow you to ask us questions like the questions Eric and I handled today. Also, all of our shows are posted on Square 2's uh, free streaming service called Square 2 Plus, located at square2marketing.com backslash square2plus. There's a channel for um, What's Wrong With Revenue Season 2 and Season 1, and there's channels for with content for CROs, CEOs, CMOs, and there's a HubSpot channel as well. Go check out everything on the Square 2 Plus uh, streaming service. And last but not least, if you're into audio content, the show is located on all your favorite audio podcasts. Go check it out there. Every Thursday morning, the show drops and you can uh, check out what we're talking about on What's Wrong With Revenue. Next week, we're going to cover how this system matches up with other operating systems. So we've been talking about EOS a little bit, but there are a number of business-related operating systems that you can practice. And we want to just help you understand how a revenue generation system feathers into any of these to provide you full coverage for all the important areas of your business. Eric, thanks so much for participating. Great show today. Have a really good rest of your week. And guys, thanks for watching. See you.